All right, everybody, welcome to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things SMX from the LA Coliseum in what was a fascinating finale. Before we get on to the great man, Brad Wheeler, we'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. But before we get cracked, our sponsors who are so key to what we do, we'll thank them first in golf racing, fuels, fly racing, Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Cherbies, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, welcome, Bradley, mate. How was the weekend at the MXGP in uh, Great Britain, Madeley Basin there? And hit us up with that even Strokes code as well, who are obviously on site there with James, doing a lot of great work. So how's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, it was, it was a brilliant weekend. We, uh, James um, managed to hook me up with a media pass. So that was nice. Sort of just drove straight in, straight to the bottom. Um, was able to get in pit lane, uh, in the media center, sort of all around the paddock. So managed to sort of speak to some people you don't usually get to speak to. So that was uh that was all good. Um, track looked awesome. Like the rain we sort of had in the week leading up to it, really done it some favors. It looked absolutely mint. Um, and like you can really see why. It's a lot of riders' favourite track, like on the calendar. There, it's just mega. The layout's cool. It looks awesome with like the grass and on the side of the jumps. Looks really natural. Um, yeah, and then we had some really good racing. We had a lot, of, a lot of Brits in the MXGP class cheer on. Uh, one or two in MX2, and then yeah, a few scattered in the EMX125 and EMX250 series. So um, yeah, it was a good weekend. It was nice to see Prado. Uh, and Adamo sort of taking it, like taking the fight to the boys, not just sort of lying over, laying over. Now they've wrapped up the titles. They, um, yeah, they sort of both came out swinging. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, overall, a good weekend. I don't think they got the attendance they wanted, um, probably just because it's like end of the season, the championships are wrapped up. Uh, also, Western Beach Race was on, so that probably took a few spectators away. But overall, I I thought it was mint. I really enjoyed it. So I think anyone who decided to bypass it really missed out. And uh, yeah, the Even Strokes had a stand there as well. Sold lots of the uh, MX Vice hoodies, which are a uh, limited edition drop. So once they're gone, they're gone. I believe there's still some on the website. So, um, yeah, if you're thinking about getting one, you might want to uh, hurry up because they won't be around forever. And uh, if you want to use the code BRADWHEELER10, they'll uh, knock 10% off. So, yeah, head on over, get yourself a hoodie, use the code BRADWHEELER10, and it'll knock 10% off your, uh, your basket price. So there you go. Awesome, mate. Sounds like a good one. Obviously, the SMX in LA at the Coliseum there was pretty awesome too. Great weekend of racing all around the globe, mate. So, yeah, what was your take on it? It was, went down pretty well, the event. Obviously, really cool, iconic venue that's got a lot of history. And especially in the case of the Deegan family, it was pretty cool. They wrap it up in, in that arena and, and it was a really cool spectacle, obviously, seeing it go off. The track, obviously, was pretty narrow in parts, really hard to pass. Divided opinion, bit a lot of guys too, didn't it, mate? Obviously, you saw Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Barsha. AP, Ferrandis, just so many guys went down. Obviously, VR with the Schwartz incidents and then Schwartz with Smith, that wasn't track-related. That was Schwartz getting a bit racy at the start there. But a lot of guys going down. And, yeah, I think pretty happy to get the season done. I think 
a lot of the boys there have been a long one what 31 races now mate yeah great event went down well you got the title went to jet lawrence in the 450s and then in the 250s hayden deegan got the job done obviously with hunter lawrence you know out of contention obviously doesn't sound good that back injury to be honest mate he might even be a doubt for the nation so we'll definitely be keeping track of that closely because when you start getting into backs and nerve damage it can be pretty sketchy so all the best to him and what australia does with the nation's team it'll discuss that later mate but fingers crossed we're just hoping he's going there and he'll be a massive force so yeah i guess your thoughts on the la coliseum mate how was it from your perspective everything from the track to the racing and then we'll break down some i guess individual performances and incidents yeah so obviously the the la the la coliseum was cool uh sort of up and down the power style was awesome and yeah they have the first supercross in there back in um i don't know the 80s i think it was um so yeah it was cool to then obviously have the final first ever smx series there the track was uh yeah pretty hard packed um kind of just typical for west coast dirt really um but yeah i think i think the whole series was uh looked at in a positive light it was it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of, yeah, I kind of just thought it would be three monster cups, um. But yeah, it was three totally unique tracks. One more outdoorsy, one more supercrossy, and then a like a real good hybrid at the end. Um, the sand section was awesome, like an actual proper sand section with rollers and ruts, and yeah, really, really sort of you could gain a lot of time through there if you were willing to really send it in there mm. um yeah also obviously caught a lot of people out barsha literally just got into the leads the corner before and yeah just that like he kind of didn't quite have the drive to make it over the triple out the corner and yeah those picked the top and yeah out over the front door and uh, he obviously hunter had to crash in uh, um tried like he tried to go out again and then uh, aggravated it in the sand section. So, yeah, it was a real, that was a real kick in the teeth. Obviously, he's had such a great year winning the East Coast Championship and the Outdoor Championship and was looking good to, to win the, the SMX as well. So, yeah, would have ended up being like a full sweep for Honda. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in the long run, it was probably the, the, right, the right thing to do. So, yeah, like you said, things like backs so uh, not to be not to be taken lightly so but yeah it's, we still had some great racing uh, um it was there were some prize winners in jordan smith i don't think anyone had that on their bingo card yeah. um it was yeah it was really cool um we've seen joe hit someone don't think yeah. anyone had that either but yeah it was like you saw Deegan get the start joe was buried and you're like, well, that's it. Deegan's gonna, he might, he might make a go for the win, or he's just gonna settle into it, take a second or a third. Joe might overtake a couple of people and maybe get to like fifth. But yeah, props to Joe. The first one really got stuck into it. Um, yeah, and then really just sent it in on Hayden. I don't know if it, it may well have been an accident, but I think, um, yeah, I saw that and thought, this is it. It's fucking on. Joe is not messing about. 
he's caught Hayden from a decent ways back and he's made made a pass and made it stick. And I thought this is Joe's to win now. Like if this he's this is the final piece of the puzzle that is Joe Shimoda yeah. was yeah. the the aggression and we've got it. So yeah, I was thinking well, that he, even even if he doesn't get the start now in the next one, he's gonna come through the pack, pass his way, make do make the pass he needs to make and uh he'll win it. Cause I think I think he's been the best rider through all three of the SMX races overall. But yeah, I don't know what happened in between the first and second moto, but there was a bit of a regression and it just didn't seem to be happening until sort of it was too late really. Like the last lap and a half he really really picked up the pace. But yeah, I mean it was too late. It was um Hayden's to win. There was no ghost ride, which was a bit of a bit of a bummer. But yeah. um but yeah, I mean props to the to the kid, he's a rookie, seventeen years old. Like it's half a million dollars on the line, and he he withheld the pressure, didn't do anything stupid, didn't try and go after kitchen when he didn't need to, and yeah, it was you. You can't take anything away from him. He's had a absolutely exceptional year. Second in the Supercross, second in the outdoors, and then tops it off by winning the SMX. I mean. Yeah, besides winning the Supercross and the outdoors, you couldn't really ask for much more out of him. I think if you would have, if you would have, uh, if you would have said this was going to be his rookie year when you watched him at the Futures round at Anaheim two, people would have said you were crazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, fair play to him. I, there's not really much more to be said about it. I don't think. Yeah, well said, mate. He's, yeah, it was a case of Deg, and he just executed was the word he mentioned. And obviously, winning the money is great, but he was just so impressive, the riding again. Even though it wasn't sort of the best performance, maybe, but he got the job done, didn't he, mate? He sort of feeds off the crowd and the, the intensity, and he loves it, doesn't he? And the fitness is clearly there. And obviously, a pretty cool reward for all his hard work and really massive accomplishment for him because, you know, you listen to the interviews with him and talking to his dad, and, you know, they sort of really have created a program that works and put so much into it. So it is cool to see that success. And obviously he's got that mentality to match because you can't just be that good just purely on your family's name. So yeah, really impressive. And I guess the other title winner, your take on Jet Lawrence, mate, he was super impressive, you know, handled the pressure really well to get it done in style. Obviously there was quite a lot of build up into that one, a lot of hate coming his way after that Ken Roxon incident that was just building throughout the week and, you know, Roxon's comments about it too, it sort of all made it pretty interesting. And he had the butt patch that said one plus one equals three, which was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I guess he sort of did that quad was the thing that he had in his back pocket, wasn't it, mate, having the quad yeah. there. So they sort of pulled that out and you could hear sort of Kenny was saying reluctantly that I didn't really want to go there or do it. But he, you know, the kid pushed me to do it because I had to do it. That was pretty impressive, mate, to stay within touching distance. So yeah, your overall thoughts, yeah. mate, he handled the occasion well and it was cool to see him. You know, he likes to joke around and have a laugh, but it was really cool to obviously say Chase Sexton's helped elevate his level and he was giving thanks to his brother and Johnny O for all the help, Lars, the team, because they obviously make that program and make it happen for him. So it was cool and sort of shout out to his family and everyone in his corner, mate, because, yeah, it was a pretty impressive season, mate, and he's got one more thing off the list to win the Motocross Nations for the Aussies, which we'll uh, all be watching with great anticipation and enjoyment. So just your take on Jet, mate, just a great way to end it. He was sort of the class above, even though, you know, Roxon really was probably the second best guy and 
pushed him the hardest, didn't he? Apart from Sexton in that first one, Shane, what happened yeah. to Sexton, wasn't it, mate? Because he had the speed and he was keen for that money too, and he wanted to just end that HRC spell in a good way. But yeah, that crash was nasty. It was a big impact. So we hope that he's not too bad. Obviously, it looked a bit shouldery, that kind of area. But we're hearing that he should be fine. But yeah, he didn't really have yeah. the speed in the first one, did he, Sexton? And then yeah, by the time he ripped the whole shot, the second one and got way out front over four seconds when that happened because he was looking so good through that sand section wasn't he mate just absolutely smooth as silk and just looking like he was imperious and just going on to win but yeah mate nasty end to what's been a great year and certainly gets a lot of hate doesn't he sexton when we go through the comments on mx vice and you sort of just look around generally he seems to get a lot of it obviously the crashes you know bring that on but he's still the supercross champion isn't he mate and he deserves a little bit more respect than a lot of people give him i reckon Oh, 100%. Um, you can't take anything away from Chase. He's an incredible rider. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. Is it like the crashes like that? They just, they just happen so fast. Um, and they're, they're, the boys are not, they're probably not on their limit, but they're, they're really pushing the limit of the track, let's say. Um, and yeah, just one slight slip up, one, slightly off balance which i think was what that kind of was that like he may have just been leaning a little bit too much over the wall into the sand and uh yeah it's just grabbed him but yeah the first one jet was behind him straight up past him and then yeah obviously we had the red flag which came out very conveniently after anderson yeah. had gone across the finish line to start the third lap or finish the third lap um, so we had the staggered start. Um, <clears throat> obviously, could have been a completely different story if we'd had a full restart. But yeah, so Anderson, I think Anderson start, led staggered start, followed by uh, Kenny, then Jet. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jet started doing the the quad onto the table before the, the triple into the the super cross triple into the corner, and was just eating Kenny up, going over it just. Yeah, there was no way he was going to withstand that sort of onslaught over that section without doing the triple on. Um, and yeah, it, it took, I mean, props to Kenny. He did it after a couple laps of watching Jet do it. And yeah, the gap then stayed the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair play to Jet to just um, having the, the balls really just to huck that. Because it was, a, you were carrying a lot of speed on and off of them. As you can see, just like it would be like five or six bike lengths behind Kenny going into it, and then he's alongside him in the air on the triple. Um, so yeah, fair play to Jet for doing that, and fair play to Kenny for yeah doing it, even though he was it wasn't keen on doing it. He yeah, yeah. I think he said in the interview, he said if I'm, I said I can either lay up and like admit that I'm not going to win this, or we can strap on a pair go for it, because if I want to win this, I need to do it, and yeah, fair play to him. Jumped it, didn't look like it, <laughs> looked like he'd been doing it every lap since he was born, but yeah. um, yeah, just, I think it just shows the level that those guys are riding that. I think in the end, there was quite a few of the guys doing it, I think Anderson started doing it, and Webb, but um, yeah, it's always that first one. 
The oh, mate, it was a huge there, job, wasn't it? Like the mentality and the balls on these dudes yeah. and just the precision to do it was absolutely wild, isn't it? And even if you just, you know, look at the Barsha crash, the way he fell, not on that section, but it's just so much risk going into it. And obviously, you know, you hear James Stewart saying that he was spinning up and he just lost all drive and he was just a passenger, wasn't he, mate? So, you know, those yeah. guys have all been through crashes like that and they just keep coming back. So that's another thing, massive respect to them, eh? Because what they do is nothing short of savage, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, some of the crashes that they've had, like, sex, just sex alone has had in the last couple of years have been vicious. Um, and, yeah, but, yeah, the, the rest of the guys, I mean, like you said, Barsha, yeah, just span up slightly, didn't get the lift. And those picked that third one was, was over the front. And we nearly saw Jet do exactly the yeah. same thing, but just just managed to get a, a little bit further over, like, over the triple and get away with it. But, yeah, very nearly saw the same thing um, out of Jet that we saw with Barsha. So, um, yeah, it the track was the track was slick and it was catching a lot of guys out. It was hard. I think it was hard to make time up. Um, as we saw, like Sexton got that gap early on in the second one, and Jet, while well, Jet obviously need to beat him to win the overall, so it's hard to say. Could Jet have maybe? caught him up and had a had a go at him if he had to but yeah i mean he said on the podium chase was riding really well he didn't really have anything for him but uh and i kind of just got the sense he was just throwing chase a bit of a bone um kind of feels a bit feels a bit bad obviously chase is just kind of been second fiddle to him in all like the last half of this year and yeah, you hate to see Chase sort of end the his HRC run. Uh, yeah, walking off out of the stadium. I mean, he's he he's won them their first Supercross title since two thousand three. So yeah, I mean, twenty years, and he's he's the, he was the one that ended that drive. Um, and yeah, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't get the respects that he deserves for it. I mean, yeah, Eli, um, obviously did his Achilles, and he was probably going to win the title, but. Chase also had a lot of mistakes whilst leading where Tomac capitalised. So, yeah, it swings and roundabouts. And like you say, you've got to be in it to win it. You're not, you don't win, you don't, you don't win championships sat in the old punk star medical rig. So, yeah, Sexton, they don't, you don't luck into these uh, 450 Supercross championships. That's for sure. I think that's the, the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Before we get on to a little bit more of the racing, I guess also wanted to ask you the things you liked about SMX as a whole and the things you didn't like about it and where there's areas for improvement. Obviously, pretty good effort for the first one, wasn't it? It brings a lot of spotlight for the sport, more money for the riders. Obviously, you hear a lot of the guys saying how draining it is, the mechanics and the team to have those extras tacked onto the end. You think the timing of it's good? You think it should be between maybe Supercross and Motocross? Heard that suggestion, this kind of thing, I guess. I feel like the criticism's been... You know, compared to something like WS, it hasn't been anywhere near as savage towards that. Obviously, you know, it seems like it's a bit of a punching bag sometimes, WSX, just to people to pile in on. But I suppose that I've spoken to people that say they haven't liked it so much, haven't liked the tracks especially, have not really made for the best spectacle or racing. But personally, I think it's been pretty good, mate. It's a really positive thing for the sport just to elevate everything and get more money in for the riders. Obviously, the schedule is just becoming massive for these guys. And I suppose it's not just the making extra races. It's just how much weight these races hold to, isn't it, mate? Because there's certainly, you know, all that money. The guys are all in on it. They want to make it. There's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands 
dollars on that last night that just exchanges positions depending on the racing. So I guess your take on it overall, mate, and just any things you liked and you didn't. Uh, yeah, I think um, obviously the the money that's available is great for uh, even down to like sort of the fifteenth place guys, and I mean even down to uh, the twenty second place guy was still twenty five twenty five k. So yeah, extra money for like the privateers and just in general extra money is great. Obviously, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of racing thirty one races. I think. Freddie Noren and Grant Harlem are the only two to actually go to all 31. Um, yeah. I think Grant maybe um, didn't qualify for one of the Supercrosses or two of the Supercrosses. So, yeah, I think Freddie is the only one to actually race all 31 races. Um, so that's a pretty yeah. staggering stat um, or frightening stat, whichever yeah. way you want to look at it. Um, when you think Jeremy C were lined up for I don't know like nine thousand GPs in a row, <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously it is a lot of racing and it does take a toll. I do, I quite like the idea of doing it in between Supercross and Motocross, but obviously mm. then you don't get the the Motocross guys don't really get that chance to accumulate the points to get into SMX. Yeah, we obviously wouldn't we wouldn't have seen March Banks, wouldn't have seen Masterpool. Um, obviously, Jet wouldn't have been on the four fifty. Um, so you kind of lose that, and you kind of lose the whole playoff final thing if it's in the middle of the year. So I think you've kind of got to put it there. Um, I like that it's before the nations, so um, it's not like the Americans can't use the excuse of oh we need to get ready for SMX. Um. But it also keeps the guys that are most likely on the team. They're gonna be. They're gonna continue riding because they like to throw the excuse out like, "Oh, our series finished four weeks ago. We're not gonna carry on riding for four weeks for one race." They can't use that excuse anymore. Um, so yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's great. I I've really enjoyed watching them. Um, I like the two race format. I think twenty minutes is a good a good length of time. Uh, the only thing I'm not super keen on is the point system. Um, I don't mind the the triple points and double points as you go along. I just don't like the Olympic style of scoring because then you end up like you did at um, Chicago Land, where um, Jet is waving Kenny by because he doesn't really need to beat <laughs> him for the overall. Yeah. Um, whereas if you'd have points win or whatever and or 25 points for each moto win then every every position counts for every race you're not going to get people laying up because they don't need to be so and so it's the only the only gripe i have about it i think um but yeah uh that's that's kind of the only negative Say, do you think for the average fan that it's a bit difficult to follow? Obviously, us, we're in it, we love it, so we're all over it. But for the average fan, have you spoken to a few people that are like, this is all a bit weird, what's going on here? It's sort of changed yeah. a bit too much. Have you heard a bit it of that is, too, mate? It is, it is kind of hard to follow with the double points and the triple points. I think at one point in the second race, uh, in the, it, it, at the LA Coliseum, Kenny was 
second behind Jet, and he was like 17 points behind him overall. But if he would have passed him, then it would have given Kenny the lead, and it was it took me like a few minutes to figure out the points of how that would work. Um, yeah, you could even so, say the commentator's struggling a bit, couldn't you? Yeah, it does. It does kind of make it confusing to follow, but it also obviously keeps more people in the hunt as you go along. Because obviously, at one point, Jordan Smith was leading the the SMX uh, in the two hundred and fifty class, which no, I don't think anyone anyone would have predicted Jordan Smith yeah. being in with a sniff, let alone uh, leading <laughs> leading the points like. 15 minutes into motor one at the final round. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the, the point system works and, but I think it is just going to be confusing because it is a lot of like sort of mental arithmetic to do, um, as you're trying to watch it because I guess it's, I still don't really understand how Kenny would have gained 18 points on him because it isn't. Obviously, you obviously if it was per moto and you had it went twenty five twenty two, and it was a three point gap and you had triple points, then you'd it'd be like a nine point swing mm. each way. But that isn't how it worked, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know what actually they were getting for. It was it seventy five points to win the final? Yeah, that's what all the results say. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so seventy five, and I'm guessing seventy five. 57 it would have to be I guess to finish second overall or something anyway yeah this is kind of the problem yeah this is sort of the areas and I know that it's obviously the math makes sense but there might have been a more sort of yeah to do it like you were just saying yeah it's got its pros and cons it keeps more people alive in the title fight more people in the shot but it is also confusing as fun yeah, it's sort of like, do you see guys taking a bit of a time off in the first one? You know, it's hard to know because the last two, and especially the third one, are what really matters. And I know you're one for the retro gear as well, mate. I just wanted to ask you, what did you think of that retro Kawasaki? It looked pretty epic. Obviously, the Alpine Star's 60th anniversary gear was on point and Deegan's gear as well, mate. Just your take on all of that because you love sort of that, looking back to the past. And, you know, you're like the stats magician. James and I were chatting the other day about it, how you knew which gear this particular bloke was wearing 20 years ago. <laughs> so how did that settle with you? Yeah, I did. I did, um, I did like the, the, the Cowies. They were slightly before, a bit before my time. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit of a gear, a gear nerd for sure. But um, yeah, no, they look, they did look cool. I do like a retro throwback. I really like the the Yamaha one. They was Hugel. Um, the Honda one they did at Parlor last year. Um, yeah, I do. I do love a retro throwback. And the yeah, the Kawasaki really, really hit the nail on the head. Wasn't super keen on the monster floor yeah. side, but I guess they pay the bills, so um, you got to have it on there somewhere. But the uh, yeah, the factory Cowie team at the GPs didn't have the monster floor and it did look a lot better. But they also had black rims, which didn't look as good. So, yeah, I don't know. It, looked, it definitely looked cool. And uh, the gear that um, they were running, the, the retro Fox gear, looked cool as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. The lip kit was uh, looking pretty solid. And I guess a guy that you sort of feel went under the radar in that SMX at LA was Cooper Webb getting third. You sort of feel like even Levi Kitchen in the second 251 winning it, you feel like that's completely been glossed over just because of all the impetus on the top guys and the guys actually winning it. But yeah, Cooper Webb getting third, AC getting fourth, Colt Nichols getting fifth. A lot of impressive rides, Marchbanks, Masterpool, sixth and seventh, Noran eighth, Nicoletti ninth. Like there's some pretty sort of unheralded guys that probably deserve more credit, but I suppose the nature of this format, the winner takes all kind of thing, the credit, the glory goes to them. But some guys in there were pretty impressive. And March Banks, you know, he was saying he was sick under the weather. So obviously masterful with the appendicitis issues. You know, those guys have been violently battling on and getting the job done. And Colt Nichols, pretty cool. I guess he's got World Supercross and then he's off to beta. So exciting times ahead if he can keep that momentum. But Definitely cool to see AC up there battling it out, mate, because he's had a bit of a rough sort of season, hasn't he, mate? He's just sort of ups and downs, injuries, the nerve, the arm. Just hasn't been able to show his true potential, you know, for a long time. It was just good to see him make the majority of the season, wasn't it, mate? Because he certainly got through a large chunk of the races there. So onwards and upwards for him as well, mate. But yeah, any standouts from those guys? And they'll be looking forward to that A1 because that's going to be mega, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, AC, it was good to see him at like basically all the races um just yeah a few unfortunate crashes in the smx um i think he actually clips was that anderson that clips one of them they both did really similar on the weekend one of them clipped the other over like the wall jump before the quad that they were doing um but uh yeah ac good to see ac out there but i think i think the biggest standout for me was uh, Ken Roxon just um just had much more pace than I kind of thought he would have. Um, not that Ken is slow by any stretch, but I just yeah didn't really see him sort of running up there with Jet and Chase every week, uh, like he was. So that I think he was probably my my biggest surprise. But yeah, also Nicoletti. Um, has had three great weeks, earned himself a good bit of cash. Um, I I see they presented him with like a number one plate for winning the the LCQ every yeah. LCQ. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you sort of hear Phil on the on the pulp show and on all the interviews, and he's just like grouchy, just just kind of. Kind of talks about the racing as if it's like some menial fucking plumbing job that he fucking <laughs> hates. I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just great. It's just, <laughs> it's hard not to sort of cheer for people like that. It's just so, just realist. Pretty cool that he beat Cooper Webb in the previous one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Because they're, they're obviously pretty good, yeah. pretty good pals. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Coop took some took some stick for getting beat by Phil. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fair play to Webb. Obviously, turned it around in the last one, ended up on the podium. Um, sort of slowly built his way into it on the on the new bike. Uh, and yeah, I fully expect him to sort of come out swinging a one. Maybe not a win, but just a strong performance. Um, yeah, I think he'll be dialed. For A1. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I guess that's sort of the 450 from that night. And on the 250, obviously, we've spoken about Deegan, how he, you know, rose to the occasion and massive respect for doing what he did to get the job done. But 
yeah, Jordan Smith was so good on rails there, mate, wasn't he? In, in contention, like we mentioned for a while. So can definitely show what he can do when it all clicks and falls together. Obviously, him and Vial fell victim to Schwartz, getting a bit overzealous in that second one. But yeah, like we mentioned, Kitchen sort of completely forgotten that he won that second moto, really clean, clinical, smooth, fast riding. You know, he's obviously off to a new team. And this 250 class, we've sort of touched on it before, but it's going to be so competitive next year on both the coasts. It's going to be just a mixed bag who's going to win each week. You'll see different guys at the top all the time, I reckon, especially with obviously Hunter Lawrence expected to go 450. So it's going to be open slather, mate. You know, everyone's mixing it up there. Shimoda, is, he'll be a prime contender. He didn't like that second moto when they fixed the track, did he? He liked the rougher track better where he could sort of feel he could make more of a difference and I guess a little bit less fast in areas. But really great end to the season. Goes to that Honda ride with a lot of momentum and he's just so skillful and precise and just a really measured rider to watch. And like you said, if he can add that aggression, definitely add to the package that he already has. Yeah, RJ was looking really fast in that first moto. Looked comfortable for a change in the SMX format because those first two, he was just really searching, wasn't he, mate? But yeah, he was passing guys, pushing hard, handling the track really well, and he kind of saved the best for last there with the motocross of nations on the horizon. And he interestingly mentioned, you know, that in the second one, that was sort of playing on his mind that there's no need to do anything stupid. And he, he came away with a nice little chunk of money too. And he's, I guess, healthy and ready to rumble for Team USA. Just, yeah, your take on those guys, mate. Yeah, I think, obviously, Jordan Smith, um, at, yeah, was in, <clears throat> was sort of sat there, I think, in third or second, and then all of a sudden just came alive, got into the lead, and sort of pulled a bit of a gap. And uh, it was like, you kind of forgot that that was sort of in there. And then, uh, yeah, second moto, you like looking down the leaderboard to see where he is, he's 22nd. Um, you're like, yeah, so... That's that was pretty much right on cue for uh Jordan Smith. Um and yeah, uh RJ. Um <clears throat> I think De- Deegan was battling with somebody, um I can't remember who it was. It may have been Swole, perhaps, in the first one. And uh, Deegan went to run out the inside and RJ just came out of nowhere and like flew up the inside, nearly cleaned all three of them. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it was great. Um, and uh, yeah, second moto, yeah, I think just yeah, wound it in a little bit. Obviously, nations on the horizon. Didn't want to do anything silly. Um, he then also hit that the wall that wall jump before, like the the quad on the tabletop we spoke about that little wall jump that they yeah. were sort of scrubbing over and then doing a little double he'd hit the wall jump and doubled over behind kitchen one I only seen him do one lap but yeah kind of been a bit of a story of the second half of Deegan's year sort of hitting these ridiculous jumps <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it's, it's cool it's cool to see someone sort of dissect the track a little different or just fucking as he said, he lives to spend it. So, um, yeah, that was cool. Um, and kitchen, yeah, just, yeah, standard kitchen um, rides when he gets the whole shot. It's just, yeah, just rides out front like he's a training day. Mm. Um, don't see any, hardly any mistakes from him. He doesn't move back. He doesn't do anything spectacular. Just hits his marks doesn't worry about anything and yeah just looks silky smooth just seems to be the way when he gets 
gets a clear track. So I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, if Mitch can find a way to put him up front more often than not, then he's a, he's a serious threat. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I guess another star racing guy, Justin Cooper, his last race on a 250, he was definitely not a fan of the track, just the one line hard to get past, he was saying. And I guess onto the 450 now for him, and he'll definitely be looking for some great things because he's got all the skills there to really do some damage. I guess start with looking for those top five. He already showed in the, his 450 stints that he's got the speed to go top 10, no worries. So just build on that. And I guess he's sort of one of those guys that the SMX format didn't really suit that well because he's more of a controlled sort of intelligent, calculated rider, not sort of super aggressive doing wild things. So I guess, you know, he just sort of had a decent hit out, really struggled with the, you know, the settings on the bike in the first two, like most of them. It just wasn't quite feeling it. He's obviously off to get married now, so he'll be coming back refreshed, ready for A1. And how good was Vial, mate? we got to give him a lot of praise. Probably one of the fastest guys in SNX if the, you know, the results and situations he could have been in there on another time, but yeah, definite standout. Looked really dialed, finally sort of pieced a lot of it together, didn't he, mate? And the starts were coming together as well, so that sort of bodes well for France and the motocross the nations. Obviously, we spoke about the incident, but I guess you've got to be pretty impressed with Vial, and that first year overall, he's made it through pretty healthy. He's got through it. He's so much learning, you know, so much to adapt to, living there, the bike, the team, just so much new stuff for him, so he'll definitely grow, come out ready to hit it in uh, 2024, mate. And you never know, he could be a smoky for the Supercross title. Probably not more of a podium guy, I think, for Supercross, but outdoors would be definitely looking to wrap that one up, won't he, mate? So your take on those guys? Yeah, I think uh, I think Justin Cooper was kind of <clears throat> just a bit mentally out of it. Um, maybe sort of already sort of switched that 450 mindset. Um, but... Yeah, obviously, don't want to do anything soon to get injured before like an off season before your first four fifty, um, season. But yeah, we've seen what he can do on the four fifty. He did a couple of supercrosses last, yeah, well this year, and um, yeah, we're really like really successful in the top ten, which is no joke with four fifty supercross. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he should be. I don't think he's too put out by the the SMX results. He uh, he knows what he's capable of. And um, yeah, I think he's he's just looking looking forward to the the four fifty now. Uh, leave the two fifty in the in the rear view, and uh, yeah, Vial, um, yeah, really sort of got a bit of a second wind in the SMX series. Had really good rides, got unfortunate with the gear shifter uh, at Chicago Lands, and then yeah, had it coming together with Schwartz. I think it was you said. Um, yeah. And yeah, kind of bumped him, bumped him about a bit. But yeah, riding really well, uh, looking yeah, looking good for the nations. And yeah, I think this, I think Supercross next year will be really positive for him. He was unlucky not to get on the podium this year. I think uh, he looked really good at times. Few obviously rookie mistakes, just yeah, not not vibing with some of the tracks maybe, but. Yeah, next year, I definitely see him on the podium sort of three or four times, maybe even sneaking a win. Uh, and yeah, really, really making a push for the, the outdoor title next year. Obviously, Deegan's going to be gunning for it as well. But um, yeah, I, I, next year, I see them two being the uh, the top two, uh, definitely in the, in the Nationals, 100%. But 
Um, yeah, and yeah, like you, uh, I forgot to mention the Shimoda before. Um, yeah, I think obviously he, the, the Rafa track suited him in that first one, and yeah, he kind of struggled to come to grips with it in the second one, so it was a little bit too late. Um, because he, he caught Cooper right at the end, but um, well, if he if he would have made the pass, it would have, it wouldn't have made any difference anyway, but um, yeah, I think positive positive ride in from Joe to sort of go on to the Honda now, work on a few little bits, but yeah, I think there's a well, there's a lot of people in the 250 class that you could say um, have got 90% of the pieces of the puzzle um, obviously but yeah it's going to be whoever can find that that other 10% in the off season I think yeah if you're going to pick your favourites now going into Supercross next year you'd probably say Joe Joe and Deegan would be probably your two favourites followed up by maybe like RJ and uh, like Kitchen, Kitchen yeah um, and Robertson should be quite man. good as well. Like, there's just yeah, you know, and Moseman come like, back. There's like 10 15 people that you could say, like, <clears throat> should should be on the podium more often than not. Yeah, McAdoo, um, Faulkner, it's crazy. Yeah, like, you've got all the people that are coming back. Yeah, McAdoo, Faulkner, Anstey, Hampshire, Kitchen, uh, Hamaker. Boland, uh, Bennett, Boland, yep. fucking the list is endless. Just factory dudes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think. Well, I heard they were trying to Joey Savacci was trying to get to get back in the two fifty class on the triumph. Um, if he manages to swing that, that's another guy. Yeah. Um, what was your take on so, the triumph? Obviously, they unveiled it, sort of had a yeah. first ride with Ricky Carmichael. That was pretty cool, sort of addition to the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it looks it looks good. It, um, it's obviously great for the sport to have another brand, uh, not not just like another KTM group brand. Like it's a totally separate bike. Obviously, they've taken inspiration from bikes that are already there. I mean, you'd be stupid to to not. To not do that, um, so yeah, it's great to have another brand like there. It's obviously opens up more rides. We're gonna have Beta next year as well in the 450, Triumph in 250. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to see if like Fantic maybe made a bit of a push in America. Um, yeah, I think the Triumph, the Triumph looks good. Um, by all accounts. Um, the uh, I think it was Swall and so Moseman. I think, yeah, Swall and Moseman. Um, I've said it's it's really good. Um, and Savachi as well. Um, so uh, yeah, Savachi was on the pulp show talking about it. it. Said it's said it's mega, like it's ready to go. Um, feels comfortable, feels comfortable racing it. So that'll be. That would be good. I think, like I said, it's great to have an extra brand out there, especially especially one with just so like rich in motorcycle heritage. Um. So yeah, more more rides, more bikes. So yeah, bring it on. 
Yeah, mate, absolutely. And that kind of sort of wraps us up for the, the SMX review show. I guess we'll probably keep the podcast going in some capacity during the off-season, maybe do like a Nations preview or a Nations post-race. Yeah. or We'll have plenty of stuff coming up on FX Vice anyway, mate. But yeah, just your final thought on the season as a whole, mate. Obviously, Jet Lawrence, just so impressive. I know Deegan just had a breakout year. Chase Sexton, Supercross winning. Hunter Lawrence doing so well. Yeah, it's just a lot to get excited about heading into next year, isn't there, mate? So we'd definitely like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast as well. We've had guests. We might try and get back on those guests. It's obviously a bit hard with three different time zones we're working in here, mate. But yeah, really good sort of podcast addition to the MX Vice that you and Ben started off. So yeah, any final thoughts, mate? And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on these pods and throughout the year and the season. It's been a really good one, hasn't it? Yeah, I've really enjoyed um, doing them. I've, I've spoke to James about it um, before, about doing like a, an AMA type pod. So yeah, this is, I've, uh, like, yeah, I've been pushing for this to do this one. So hopefully people have... Um, enjoyed listening to it i've i love talking about the the ama stuff um it always seems like it's some sort of distant uh magical land uh and it's yeah it's great to talk about it i love watching it and sort of analyzing it so it's great to sort of get those thoughts out of my head to make some more mental space for looking after three kids so that's handy (laughs) um and but yeah i think that overall the whole 23 season's been been great we've had great racing we've seen some some incredible incredible performances um we knew jet would be good when he moves up to the 450 um i don't think we i don't think anyone thought he'd be 22 and oh good yeah um and yeah i think obviously hunter was technically the favorite and yeah really delivered but it wasn't without it's uh Ups and downs, obviously, some DNFs in the Nationals came into the Supercross injured. But, yeah, I'm Honda. I just had an absolutely sublime year. I'm like, unfortunate not to win every single title in America. But I guess six out of seven, there you go. So if you're Mr. Honda in Japan, I think uh, you can sit back and, sit back and relax. Yeah, I reckon. Light mate. a cigarette, as Steve Mathis likes to say. Yeah, mate, it's certainly been a cracking season, so much going on, and the next year should just be as good, you know, if not better, even that A1. It's going to be just ridiculous to make the main events, mate. But, yeah, thanks again for your time, mate, and for joining us. And, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be back on with another one soon. But before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Golf Racing Fuels, Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, cheers again, Brad, and all the best for the rest of the week. And just let the fans know what you'll be up to this week because you've got some pretty exciting plans in the works, don't you? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm off to France to test the 2024 Yamaha 250F. So, yeah, they've got an all-new model coming out uh, for next year in sort of, and keeping with the 450F that came out this year. So, yeah, super excited to do that. I'm on the, on the way to Gatwick now, uh, flying out to South of France tomorrow morning. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on the MX Vice website for a review on that and also doing a little bit of a vlog as well. So keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, good things, good things coming. Good times ahead.
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well said. All the best and we'll speak soon. Catch you later. Yeah. Cheers, Ed. Bye-bye.